I haven't done this in so long. How do we even do this? Well, we have to decide what we're going to talk about. We haven't even gone that far yet. I know. It's been like three months. Ugh. I think we have some follow-up or front matter anyway. Yeah, well, we do. And I'm I'm honestly curious because I... Does, does follow-up... Is follow-up still follow-up if we talked about it in person or like we talked about it, but not on the air? Because that's that'd what be, it seems like. That would be front matter. Okay. Front matter because they're like little things. <laughs> right. Just kind of points of note that might turn into a bigger discussion, but probably right. not not yeah. main topics. So, yeah, I want to hear your IFTTT front matter then. Okay. Well, that that is actually more follow-up because we have... Oh, really? At, okay. least, at least between this show and... <laughs> Future chat, we've talked about IFTTT. Well, yes, of course. And, uh, we, I was... By that logic, everything we talk about is follow-up. <laughs> so, like, I was setting up a applet, which is what they call recipes now. Yeah. I believe they were recipes yeah. before, now they're applets. And it was in order to automate the entry of workout data that I get via email to be put into a spreadsheet to be easily processed and viewed versus having to dig through email like so with the gym that i go to they send workout summaries after every workout because you check in and then it detects when you've left after your heart rate monitor is not hooked up anymore so that's when they know to send out the email and it gives you know average heart rate calories burned uh, time spent etc etc so i liked having that data because it kind of gave me some sense of progress or how effective I was with my workout, I guess. Mm-hmm. But just in the form that it comes in, in the emails, it's not like it's not customizable for how you view it. It's just you see the numbers there, you see what zones your heart rate was in, that kind of thing. But it's only on like a per workout basis unless they send like a monthly summary email, which right. they do send at the end of every month. But again, I, I wanted more ability to just do that myself, to mm-hmm. like slice it and dice it however I kind of wanted to. So... I looked at the email that it came in and I was like, I bet I could strip out this data through some sort of like IFTTT thing, whether it was through HTML embeds in there. So to like, just look at the source and then pull out, you know, I was, I guess I was trying to like hack their API in a sense, if they did have links back to like, you know, look up this user on this database, whatever, and then just try to like get into that. I'm like, okay, well, I these are all not like that. Cause that would mean it's unencrypted it's just like your data. <laughs> no, it was, it was very, it, it was, it wasn't even like metadata. It was just links to generic like data points. Okay. I guess I guess there was probably some form of encryption in like randomized codes or serial numbers and that kind of thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. bottom line it was as I couldn't access it that way. So I'm like, okay, well, what if I just because I knew IFTT had a way to pull out information from emails, whether it was like a subject or like a sender, date, timestamps, that kind of thing, right? Yep. So IFTTT has a way to pull out like the plain text body of an email. And put that into a Google Sheets spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. So the format that it pulled that text out of in these emails that I got sent was actually pretty parsable and being able to be broken down through just basic Excel formatting such as split. Mm-hmm. So you can split the plain text into the various parts of that email and then just kind of keep splitting and you know doing left and right 
truncations and all this kind of stuff to get that data you want because it always came in the same format with the same amount of spacing all this kind of stuff right sure anyway long story short or long story continuing to be long i set up this applet and i was like hey this would actually be pretty useful for other people to be able to use because i'm obviously not the only person that goes to my gym um, like this is a gym franchise called nine round. So there's other people that use it on a daily basis. And there's like a Facebook group that I'm a part of for this specific location. So I was like, okay, well maybe if I can set like publish this recipe and make it available for other people to use, then I can just post that and say, Hey, I set this up in case anyone else was interested and wanted to kind of have a way to modify the data that they get sent. Mm-hmm. So digging into it more to set it up to be published it was like, okay, well, to publish, you need a developer thing, whatever. Like, a, I, it's not even a developer account, but it's like, well, I guess it kind of is, but it's more like a de- developer mode. Yeah. Like, I didn't like, actually have to... They call it to, maker, right? What's that? IFTTT, they call it a maker? I think so. I think they've rebranded it, though, because when it prompted me to go into this developer mode, it just had me put in, like, my name, my company unwind media naturally of course and then my position so i think i put like content creator or producer or something i can't remember what i put <laughs> anyway I, I felt that a more media type thing if they was there was some sort of like approval process it'd be more relevant to being approved to be in their developer sure uh stream versus just in kind of non-related field mm-hmm. so i put that there and it just took me straight to the developer mode i'm like okay that was easy enough continue to dig into it more so then i had to like recreate the recipe by kind of using more generic feels the same way you would if you were to publish where it said you know it offers the user so like you link your services like normal so you have to you have your gmail and your google sheets or email and google sheets anyway and then you put in the different fields as if you're setting up your own recipe but then you say what you want made available for the user to enter yes and what's default so that was kind of cool. I like that idea of being able to kind of publish a recipe in that way where if there's like a certain, like literally a specific sheet you want them to use, mm-hmm. then you can link to that sheet. Yeah. Like, so I set that up and then it's like, oh, you know, to publish, you need to be subscribed to whatever like thing where it lets you publish however many applets per month or whatever. And then anyway, point is you have to like go into the subscription model in order to publish applets now so it's no longer can you just publish like any applet for the public to use like you so for one you have to have this developer mode which is straightforward enough and is fine but now you actually have to pay to publish these applets in order for other people to use them which isn't a big deal when you have like a company who wants their employees to use certain applets. Like I understand that part. So I understand the Mm -hmm. slant that they're coming at, but it's very hostile to just the general public who wants to get into automation and to share those automation tools when they're not serious enough or willing to pay to do that. Right. So I'm not sure. I, I guess I, I see why they did that because that's, you know, that's how they're going to make money, right? Otherwise, like they have for services to get on board with IFTTT, there needs to be an incentive to do that. So if they have this revenue model, then maybe the services who offer, you know, the back end to plug in through IFTTT, like they'll 
get a cut of that if their mm-hmm. service is used maybe I, I don't know how that part works but i guess it's just it's unfortunate that there isn't a way to just publish a recipe without having to go through this developer applet route right i i think that there is there's kind of a two-tiered system now so i'm, I'm looking on FT, ifttt and it's now called apparently ifttt platform that's yeah maker, so yeah so i knew okay. it wasn't called the uh, what was the oh the maker it was maker yeah, yeah it was and they yeah. but yeah they, i knew they had rebranded it um i th- i'm fairly certain you can still make generic applets the way you could make recipes before but there's the second layer of applet that the, the developers kind of have access to and that's the one where you can you set up a trigger the way you normally would, but then you have access to multiple, like you can send it to multiple outlets and you can use JavaScript to actually conditionally trigger things. And that might be, it looks like because I was on the maker beta for IFTTT, I, I guess I'm grandfathered in okay. because I don't see any kind of pricing. I just have access to it. I had access to it too, but it's just once you go far enough down the path of wanting to actually publish then it's kind of like at the end, it's like, okay, if you want to publish, then sign up for this or pay this amount. And I didn't realize you even had to pay for it until literally the very last step after I had huh. set up my recipe or my applet, whatever, right? So it it seemed to let me set up my applets, even these generic ones, for my use. Right. It's but if in you order, want to share them. Yeah. If you want to publish them for others to use, then you have to pay for it. Right. So what there's no incentive for you to do. No, exactly. It's like at that rate, I may as well just make yeah. my own. But I guess, yeah, with if I wanted to do the, you know, the more in-depth JavaScripting and that kind of thing, then I guess even for my own use, I'd want to go that route. But at this point, I just want to set up, be able to set up generic applets for other people to use that right. aren't super complicated. It's usually just two services connected. Yeah. But it doesn't even let you do that anymore. So that's, un- well, that's unfortunate. I think it does, though. I think if it's just having like sending it or seeing a tweet and being able to like i don't know send it to slack i think it would still do that for free not to share it you can set it up really yeah you can't share it so what about my ones that are already published i just get i'm just in under the wire like i'm grandfathered i well see i think when you share maybe they just duplicated those recipes and made them your own like when you share a recipe and you add it to your account Mm-hmm. it's not like a Google Drive document where it's literally the same recipe being used. Like, I don't think if you made a change to a recipe you shared with me, right. I don't think my change. recipe gets changed. Okay. Right. But I think through this mode, you would be able it to would. do that. Okay. Right. Because you're getting people to use your recipe. But when you make a right. change, I I think that maybe it changes it for everyone else too. Maybe. Yeah. I guess it's probably because like from the, from the page where you can sign up for this, it looks like it's a company that has an API that works with IFTTT and they want to be able to say to their customers, hey, look, if you buy our product, you can use these services and be able to do all these fancy things. But we've already done all the hard work setting it up for you. You don't have to get this new light bulb or whatever and have to kind of configure it yourself and write all this code. You can just go. Yeah. Yeah, and you can have links to those applets on their site or just... Pre, not pre-installed, but just packaged with their device somehow, like through mm. a QR code or whatever, right? Yeah. So, like, again, I get, I get why they did it, and it probably is better overall. It's just unfortunate that they've taken away the ability to just for anyone to be able to publish a recipe for anyone to use. Right. 
But I think part of it too is being able to control the IFTT experience. Like if someone creates just a badly structured recipe mm-hmm. and it breaks and then they contact whoever be like, hey, this isn't working for me. And then it's like, well, that we didn't write that applet or that right. recipe. So maybe there's that element of like wanting to have a bit tighter control over what things are openly available for people to use or just yeah. to have that that minimal barrier of having to pay to do it just so that people don't publish recipes willy-nilly and have them spread around right. if they're not high quality. Because ideally, if you're paying for your applet to be published, then <laughs> it's some level, like some minimum standard of quality. Yeah, yeah. Huh. But that's that's kind of what I found. So again, i disappointed, but I, I understand. But I, I was glad I was able to have it work for me anyway. And I guess right. in theory, you could just kind of screenshot your recipe and say, set it up this way. But yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. So because I have the account. Okay. So it has been published and can be accessed by anyone. But if I tried to make a new one, I guess I might need to sign up for something additional. Oh no. So you did get grandfathered into some of them? I think so. Cause I have one here that exists already that I updated a year ago. But it, I have the option to publish it. I'm not going to publish it right now because I I don't want to lose it forever. But it looks like I think I'm grandfathered in because I can just create new applets and I haven't had to sign up for anything because I have my account already. I, I, didn't, I didn't say you might have been grandfathered into the developer program, but you haven't been grandfathered into being able to publish applets. Right. But I have the publish applet button. Right. Which if you press it, it will take you to say... How much are you going to pay? Should I press the button? Is that what, Do it. Is that what we're saying right now? Okay. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> this is not good. Uh, I'm not, I never used it anyways, so it doesn't... Well, there you go. This particular one. Once an applet... Okay, it's give me a pop-up. Once an applet is published, you can't change its triggers or actions. and It, it will be visible and usable by any, everyone on IFTTT. This is like a modal pop-up. Okay. I'm not going to press okay because <laughs> I don't want to, but it does. it's not give me any because barriers. you haven't gone far enough <laughs> press okay rob i don't want to press the button ah all right it's published i can publish things i can publish new things i'm grandfathered that's that's you all think there is so? to it. I, I must be because i already have an account and i so you successfully published something just now yeah it's published i don't even know if it's good but it's published <laughs> can you so can you get like a shareable link for it Yes. Now that it's published? Presumably this is the one. Yeah, published less than a minute ago. Yeah. Do you want the link? Yeah, <laughs> send the link to see what it looks like. I'm I'm surprised they would grandfather you. Like, that's good, I guess, if you're already part of the beta. But Well, now you got to put the link in the show notes, too. So this is kind of on you. <laughs> All right, there you go. Oh, put it in our secret channel. <laughs> Not the other Anyways, secret channel. So oh. now that we've got that, I guess... I guess I'm grandfather. That's what I'm going with. Cool. Congratulations. Wow. By Rob Attrell. Signing up for all the betas gets you all the perks. So I, I hope you know now that you're going to be my applet publisher. <laughs> I guess so. But if you, you're you going to have to do all the work. Oh, the work's done. <laughs> I guess so. There we go. Well, there you go. That's good news so yeah if you're if you were in the beta you're fine there's no but uh, pay to publish you can you can use your recipes i can use mine it's just yeah. you can't share i just can't them. share them 
at so least really i'm not going to do anything for you because you can technically still do all this stuff i mean well, i might i'm, I'm not saying I'm i definitely won't but share my utility with the world i know but i'm going to steal all the credit i'm going to be like this is mine i made it i'm a coding genius and you're just going to be <laughs> sitting in the corner crying <laughs> <laughs> you're like no it's me and i'm gonna be like whose name is on it uh yeah platform mm-hmm. yeah and yeah it does give you the ability to either pre-select all yeah, the see, criteria okay. for someone or give them the ability to select what like what google sheets doc they want to use or what slack channel they want to post to yeah so when i go to my publish my or my platform mm-hmm portal and i go to the publish tab it says upgrade to paid plan is free Mm. to build and share services with up to five members of your organization upgrade to a paid plan to unlock more features or publish your services by contacting sales Hmm. see did you ever get to a point where it told you how much it would cost because i think this is like a it i feel like it did my my memory is saying it did and the number like 299 is popping like, in my head how many how many where's the decimal place in that just to be clear because after, I could see after it. the two after the two <laughs> okay because i could see it if it's an enterprise thing i could see it yeah. being three hundred dollars no like i feel like it was it was a nominal fee but i'm like right. i'm not paying three dollars just to publish an applet that i don't care yeah. if other people use but i'm in i'm fully in let's this organization development mode upgrade oh that's the same page i was already in contact sales what does that do hmm. it's probably just give me some kind of form oh oh our sales team has received your submission. It'll reach out to you soon. Okay. Well, they'll be, they'll be next month's follow-up. <laughs> um, I do see there's a section here called legacy applets at the, on the far right. Do you have that? No, I don't. Okay. Did see, you ever, that's, yeah, I was never in the beta. So you, but you never shared a recipe. I did. I've shared a couple. Oh, Cause that's all these are. I have six shared recipes, including my one where is I this tell in your people platform or in IFTTT? This is in platform. Yeah, I don't have that that one. Um, yeah, like this is where my Instagram post an Instagram photo to Twitter with the link and the photo, and you can actually see how many people, like six people, have used that IFTTT recipe oh, that okay. I created, which is very that's nice. Yeah, because I I created one for my security camera system as well that auto logged uh motion detection and whatnot yeah and i published that but i don't yeah i don't see the published one anywhere on here right yeah i'm super grandfathered in you must be i um if i go into those legacy ones there's there's a button to upgrade where i can upgrade the legacy version to a modern version Mm -hmm. make changes to it and it just lets me there's Mm -hmm. no there's no barrier i don't even see where there would be a fee or anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah like you said benefits of beta yeah sign up for everything even if you don't use it like i've (laughs) not used the maker tools for any real purpose (sighs) anything else on ifttt or is that now your frustration has been fully realized and (laughs) kind of you've had catharsis and that i can do it for you all of the above. I, I feel I'm, I'm glad that I wasn't making up this whole thing in my head when you're like, oh, there's nowhere to pay. It's free. Right. I can do it. It's like, oh, well, maybe like. <laughs> That's fine for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
This episode is brought to you in part by ATB Financial. At ATB, they are committed to building diversity into their teams and designing with a human-centered, inclusive approach. As more of our day-to-day activities shift online, from shopping, to catching up with friends, to changing the details of our mortgage terms, so many experiences have gone from in-person to digital. This means that the role of bank branches and human-to-human customer service is continually evolving. In the medical sector, there's a strong emphasis on helping and providing medical care. However, there's often a lack of service in the traditional sense. Think of the frustration of not knowing how long you'll be waiting in line or in a waiting room, not being welcomed with a friendly greeting, or having limited access to the information or services you need online. Contrast this to entering a high-end hotel, where every part of the sensory experience is aimed at fostering a particular atmosphere, and each staff member has the innate desire to serve and please guests. Of course, ATB's end goal is not to replicate a hotel experience within bank branches. The inspiration they've taken is about the human-centered approach to designing a space and providing optimized service through atmosphere and emotion that resonates with customers. One difference in banking is that the experience starts before a customer actually walks through the door. Entering a branch might be the third step in a customer's journey, as they may have already tried to process a transaction at an ATM or find the information online. When they enter a branch, they're looking to be assured that their problem will be solved, that they'll be treated like a valued customer, and that their time will be well spent. Branches are an extension of ATB's brand. They provide the opportunity to listen carefully to the needs of customers and use the in-branch experience to learn more, to build personal connections, and to help Albertans on their financial journey. In transforming in-branch experiences, ATB are taking inspiration from everywhere, but their end goal is simple, for customers to leave feeling that they're one step closer to their financial goals. To learn more about this and other approaches by ATB to make banking better for you, you can head to atbalphabeta.com. So you have some front matter slash follow-up on private conversations, yeah, but related to some social media topics we've talked about well, before. we have, I think, talked about kind of how Twitter and Facebook feel different now than they used to maybe several years ago. And I think that it's kind of a follow-on from this conversation, those conversations that we have had on the show. So it, it's between front matter and follow-up. But uh, so on my phone and my iPad, I've deleted the Facebook app. And on my phone, I've deleted the Twitter app and... I was on, I'm also signed up for the Twitter beta and I've deleted that and I deleted Twitterific. Like I have no, if I want to use Twitter on the web or if I want to use Twitter on my phone, I have to do it on the web. Uh, and it's been very refreshing, I must say, especially, well, so Facebook, the only, the only issue I've had, literally I deleted it probably two or three weeks ago now, might've even been more. The only time that I felt like I missed something, I missed an opportunity to say or respond to something that I wanted to was you commenting on one of my posts like a day and a, a day and a half ago. And I'm, I'm okay with that because I saw it and I was like, well, it's too late to respond now, but <laughs> it, I also, it doesn't matter. It's almost that, funnier with no response. It's actually only us talking about it now that I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. Why you wouldn't have said anything. Cause like, not that I expect immediate response, but you'll yeah. usually say something if mm-hmm. like on Facebook interactions, yeah. I'm like, Maybe like he just didn't like my joke. I was just <laughs> kidding around about no, not getting it. I read it. I read it, and I like I read it pretty much immediately, and uh, and yeah, I just didn't answer at the time. And then it was funnier when I just when you responded, and I still didn't answer. Yeah. So I was like, all right. Well, and then, but and, I did appreciate it. And then Shay gave the appreciation. Yeah. And then yeah. Amon liked my comment too, so mm-hmm. I felt I felt uh, appreciated at that point. Yeah. Despite it so, not being from you. 
there's a two layer thing here in that deleting well so deleting twitter and facebook i did it for similar reasons to kind of get some time back and so there's a two-part thing so first of all if you have facebook on your phone or on whatever device you use the most you're constantly going to be you'll see it the icon there and your brain goes okay let's click it's like it's like pulling a lever on a um, vlt or something and so you press it and you hit pull to refresh which is very much like a vlt and see if anything came up and nothing ever does because my facebook is basically a ghost town uh the only thing i get on there now is like metadata where someone is going to an event or somebody commented on something some post um i don't actually really get i get like one or two stories a day and most of them are like justin trudeau posting something on facebook um but even if i do post something which if i post to facebook these days it's usually through either buffer or through twitter and I found that, or through Instagram, I guess, because that, that's where my pictures I post on Instagram and then I cross post them. But the only times I would ever go on Facebook itself are to either kind of do that VLT story thing or to, if I've posted something to see, to get like that karma of people having liked it or something. And all of that was a complete, like considering all the other things going on in my life, including having a two month old, like that's just a waste of time. <laughs> especially the kind of milking your own karma thing. Like I posted something funny. Let's see how many people appreciated it. And then just like you do that once and you see like, oh, one or two people liked it. Okay, the first two minutes, that's good. And then you go back like every 10 minutes for the next couple of hours just to see if anyone else did. But if you don't have it on your phone, like I went back like 16 hours later and I saw that 11 people had liked it and I was like, okay, great. And I closed the window. Like I never had to, I didn't have to sit there and spend all that time. And I don't know. It's, it, it's just been very freeing and I'm not, I'm not missing anything because like I said, the only things that happen on Facebook are metadata. <laughs> uh, with Twitter, by, metada- by metadata, you mean not specifically related to you or your friends, right? Not, not my friend. Cause my friends don't really use, we use messenger all the time. We don't really use Facebook to post stuff. Yeah. We use my, like some of my friends use Snapchat. Some of them use Instagram stories. Some of them just post things on messenger. Like it's Facebook, their wall or their timeline or whatever they want you to call it now is not the place where people post stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that's been fine. Uh, Twitter was a little bit different in that I was still spending a ton of time on it, but it was mostly like I would just, a news story would break or something would happen and I would spend the next four to six hours spending like kind of refreshing every 10 minutes just to see what had happened with that story and I was like, and every, so every time that would happen, it would happen at least once a day. And you'd be like, okay, this is it. Trump's going down. I, I just got to watch this and ride it out. And then by the end of the week, he'll be impeached or whatever it is. And <laughs> like, for months, that's, I think how a lot of people kind of viewed politics day to day. Like it's not just American politics. Like it happens in Canadian politics too. And it happens in like the Ontario provincial election is happening on June 7th. And I was seeing all kinds of things like, oh, Doug Ford did something stupid. Now he's definitely going to lose. And it's just like Twitter is really good for having stuff reported. But then all the commentary and stuff that happens around it is very cathartic, but it doesn't actually do anything. Like that's not where policy things happen. It's just where people make jokes and like it's almost like wish fulfillment for anyone to be in that in their own circle thinking like this is this is the good thing that's happening and we're fighting the good fight. And I'm sorry. I just started to realize like, this isn't doing as much for me as it's costing me in my time and my emotional energy. 
And this sounds super, I don't know, like almost Zen or something, but it's not. I just, it's really just time and it's time that I wanted to get back right. and like spend with my family and focus on work. Like I'm right now, uh, we didn't even mention it, but I'm in Montreal. <laughs> I'm, uh, well, attending we didn't actually mention that you're back. Work. For one. Well, that's what I mean. No, I mentioned it briefly. <laughs> I mentioned briefly that it's been a while since I did this. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll make the show, but yeah, I'm in Montreal right now in a hotel room. Um, and I just, my current life doesn't have time for like spending hours a day on political jokes and all this news that keeps swirling around. Like the, the modern news media isn't just bad because like Fox News is stupid. It's bad because every journalistic outlet is just trying to make money by publishing every possible story and spinning it so that the audience hears what they want to hear. And I just, it, it, I found it unproductive, very, very unproductive. Yeah, I, I'm glad, not glad in a I'm happy sense, but I feel like we're on at the same, we're at the same point now when it comes to Twitter, because you might remember we talked about me deleting Twitter from hmm. my phone. Uh, now this is just a personal account. I found that I still wanted to have Twitter linked to like the future chat and, and desktop yeah. accounts just so that I could stay up to date on what was going on with those. Mm -hmm. But for my personal account, I wanted to have that gone. So, because I felt the same way that when I, when I went on Twitter, I was just getting like irritated and like anxious about yeah. like seeing these, like, yeah, these things that politicians were doing or just, you know, shootings or whatever, and just people reacting to it. Right. And mm -hmm. it was like, it was echo chambery and it was just like an avalanche of each tweet after tweet after tweet of the same thing, saying the same thing. I'm like, why isn't anything being done about this? Yeah. And it was just getting me upset. And it's like, this isn't good for me. Like, I don't need this. Uh, like, it's, it's nothing that I don't already know. So it's just making me upset. Right. Um, now, as far as Facebook goes, it's kind of the same thing. Like, on Facebook, I'm a lot more of a observer than a participant, we'll call it. Sure. Like, I, I rarely actually post anything on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, and when I do, it's like the very odd picture or something right and usually a little bit of trying to be funny maybe but not like i'm trying to <laughs> kickstart like a facebook sure. comedy right. account but it's kind of same idea like oh this would be funny to post on facebook and whatever right um but I, I do find facebook useful for staying up to date on like events and stuff like in the city mm -hmm. Uh, because I'm subscribed to a couple pages, like community pages or city of Calgary and that kind of thing. And they'll add events um, or Facebook will pop up like, oh, so-and-so is interested in this event. And because mm -hmm. a lot of my Facebook friends are also like young parents, like often their events that I would be interested in going to as well. Right. So it helps to kind of just, you know, also just put interested in the Facebook says, hey, reminder, there's an event happening today. And then I'll either go or not, like whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's at least a way to stay informed because otherwise I'd have no way of knowing what events are going on. So I do find Facebook useful for that. Um, I don't really do it or I don't use Facebook for planning events with other people. Like if anything, I'll send an event or invite Maria to an event just so she sees the same things I am. Right. But outside of that, I don't don't use Facebook for like social planning or anything like that mm -hmm. uh so like if i want to send like a funny picture just because i find it funny like i'll usually just 
either send it over WhatsApp to Maria because like her and I talk all the time. Yeah. And then, or I'll like post it in our Slack or I'll like snap it, like whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I find Mm -hmm. I'm actually using Snapchat a lot more where like a lot of them actually probably could be like tweets or Facebook posts. But it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't care if anyone else sees it. I I want you you guys to see it. I want Maria to see it, whatever. Like, but outside of that, like, I don't care if, you know, my, you know, Facebook friend I've had for five years that I don't talk to anymore sees it. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not that I care if they see it or not, but it's like, I don't care enough to post it on that public forum. Right. right? So, and a lot of the time when I post stuff on Twitter or Facebook, I'm usually wanting to know if you guys saw it. Right. So I'll say, hey, mm-hmm. did you see like my post on whatever? And then we'll end up talking about it anyway. So it's yeah. like, why not just cut out the middleman and like <laughs> yeah. not even worry about that, right? Yeah. So like I, I think services like Instagram serve their purpose for like being a platform for photographers or artists or that kind of thing. Yeah. But from like a social media interaction aspect, like I feel like Facebook and Twitter doesn't really fill that gap anymore. Right. It's more like Twitter, like you said, is more of a commentary platform. And Facebook is, I, I don't even know. I guess it probably varies pretty widely depending on who uses it and for what purpose. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is based around like special interest groups and events. Yeah. Well, like I companies say. posting things like if a, if a company or group is having an event, they'll post it there. Or mm-hmm. if they want to advertise some thing that they're doing, then that's like companies will have pages or organizations will have pages and events and that's that feels like a lot of what it is and there are certain people who presumably will come around uh, or like will shift their their thinking too as as the shift continues but there are still people who post things on facebook it's just it's a specific group of people that i maybe if they relate to the game or i also find that my mood will sometimes shift up and down it's almost like it's not like if i'm depressed i'll stop posting on facebook or anything like that but there are certain moods where i get in where i'm like i feel empowered to posting social media more and i've just been in a low of that and so i just maybe it'll come back but right now i just feel like i don't i don't have time for it and i don't need it right i think it depends what you have going on in your life yeah not again not to say that you have reason to feel less like posting but yeah that's what i mean yeah i I think it's just like say like after a workout like i want to share with someone that i had like worked out right yeah just because like oh that was a good workout like i don't know i yeah. not, not like a self-congratulatory way I, I don't know i honestly don't know what it is but i think those are times where i feel like sharing with someone <laughs> yeah. that i worked oh, yeah. out so like i'll again post in slack or like snap it or whatever and be like oh you know great workout like whatever right like, mm-hmm. but that's the kind of thing that would be a pretty good candidate to post on facebook Right. But, right. but then it's also, like, well, like, yeah. why are you saying you worked out? Like, I don't care. <laughs> Who right? are you hoping yeah. is going to see this? Exactly. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, are you showing off? Are you like bragging? Yeah. Like, w- like, are you looking for a good job? Like, what, <laughs> what is it you're looking for here? Right. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's where the difference is. Like when you send something to someone who you're actually close to and value their opinion and want to interact with directly. Mm-hmm. I think that gives way more value than posting something on Facebook and just, like you said, hoping that someone likes it or comments on it or whatever. Yeah. Well, it used to be when people, I guess it was people's friends groups were just smaller, but it used to be that you'd post something on Facebook and the 10 people you really wanted to see it would see it and would comment on it. But now I'm like, I don't trust the algorithm to get my post to those 10 people and I don't trust them to go and check Facebook 
during that time. And the only way that they will see it for sure is if you send it to that messaging group or if you post it on Snapchat to them or whatever it is, whatever method you choose. I find, um, especially with a, with a new kid, going on f- Facebook Messenger, having the ability to like post a photo and then pick the different recipients of it. Like you can post a photo to your stories, but you can also post it just to different conversations just by tapping them. I found that I've been doing that quite a bit more. Every time I take a picture, I'm like, what's the audience for this? And instead of being like, oh, it's all of Facebook, it's like this group and this group and this person and this other person. And it's much more targeted. I'm not kind of just blasting this picture out in public. I'm saying, you, I want you to see this and you to see this. And, and it feels very different than than just posting it on Facebook. The the messages you get, the responses are much more, they feel much more authentic than, oh, cute baby. Oh, so gorgeous, so precious, cute outfit, whatever. I don't know. Right. I, I think the psychology of posting something, like commenting on a f- something, a post or a photo on Facebook is a lot different than just shooting a message in a Facebook chat. Yeah. Like, I think the Facebook chat seems more temporal and the Facebook comment is like you're putting yourself out there as having stated your opinion on yeah. this thing and is there for all to see. It's like a performance almost. Like the the post and the comment are like two people acting on a stage. Kind of. Like What a cute baby. <laughs> so gorgeous. Like whatever. Like yeah, but, but yeah. I think like say someone posts like a funny comment on Facebook, like a funny a funny post. And it's something I'd, I'd say, I want to say, oh, that was funny, mm-hmm. right? I wouldn't just say, ha, huh, funny. And I wouldn't put, just comment LOL, right? Right. But in a Facebook chat, I might say LOL or haha or yeah. something, right? Like, but you wouldn't, that wouldn't warrant a Facebook comment. Sure. Right. But within the medium of like a chat, yeah. I think that lends itself a lot more to those kind of more just quick commentaries and interactions versus like a Facebook post. Whereas like, I think Facebook posts, you'll see a lot more likes or reactions than actual comments. Yeah. Which I think is like in, in hindsight, that was probably one of the best additions Facebook could have ever made. Oh yeah. Like when I got, when I have, when my memories pop up, there's some that were from before likes were a thing And it's like zero comments, one comment, <laughs> zero comment. Like, not that I expected them to be popular, sure. but it's like, that's just number of reactions or interactions that's very low. But then I remember, oh, that was before likes and reactions, right? Yeah. Whereas now it's like, people don't want to have to comment to show <laughs> that they like yeah. something, mm-hmm. right? So just click a like, click a love, click a crying thing, like whatever. Like, I yeah, think that's yeah, a yeah. really good outlet for those kind of in-between interactions that you want to be able to have. Yeah. You don't have to comment LOL anymore because you can just have the haha face. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I especially find that yeah, I don't actually look through those reactions the way that I expected that I would when they were released to be like, oh, that person specifically did this or that person specific. It's right. more like a gauge. Like, did people think this is funny or did people love it or did they like it or whatever? Whereas on Facebook Messenger, Doing, looking at reactions on messages, I find are a lot more, I'm looking at st- seeing who did that. And it, that also gets rid of a lot of the LOLs. Like if, if you tell a joke on Facebook Messenger, you're not going to get like, LOL, LOL, you're going to get reactions. The ha-ha face, yeah. 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 
I actually find myself using Reddit a lot more as like that social media trying to be funny, like mm-hmm. performance type stuff. Um, like that's my outlet for that. And I, I don't know why I'm more okay doing it there. Maybe because it is more anonymized. I'm not going to say anonymous because I don't intentionally try to be anonymous like well, some also Reddit users do. I won't say your name, but oh, I know it. Thank you. <laughs> no, but if someone tried, they could look through my post history and sure. put some pieces together. Again, not yeah. not in an identifiable way, but in a knowing where I live and probably my approximate age. Same but, here. Totally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but that is a kind of thing where I'll post a comment or make a post, and I'll be checking to see how much karma I got. Right. Like again, to feed that egoistic or whatever part of my mm. lizard brain. Yeah. And I think you were saying you don't use Reddit like that. You're, you use, you mostly just consume. You don't participate. Yeah, I rarely, like, I, I don't know. I find much more with Reddit than with any other social network. Sometimes you'll post something and it will just go huge. And then some, you could post the same thing an hour later and nobody would see it at all. It's very fickle that way. And so I just, I think to myself, I resign myself to the fact that I'm never going to have a post that, because it's not... It's not so much that I want to get karma because it means literally nothing. It's um, it's that I'm usually specifically looking for interesting answers to a question I have or looking for information that I don't know. And I just don't have any trust that I'm going to get the answer I'm looking for or an answer. So I just don't bother. Well, not to mention that it's so easy to game the Reddit system. Like if you would like from a standpoint of being like a corporation, and you're trying to put in a, you know, astroturfy type post. Yeah. So you just pay for, you know, a couple hundred upvotes. And all of a sudden you're immediately visible to anyone who goes to that sub, right? Mm-hmm. And then because people are people, they see something that's highly upvoted and they'll continue to upvote it, right? right. Or if it's highly downvoted, they'll continue to downvote it, right? So because it's, it relies on that visibility to be noticed in the first place, and then it's just like a snowball effect one yeah. way or the other, then I think it's harder to use Reddit in the way that you're wanting to, as yeah. opposed to like a direct message, right? Mm-hmm. If if you're looking for specific feedback, then I think you do have outlets for that amongst like your social group. Yeah. But yeah, when it when it comes to Reddit, I think it's a lot harder unless you just comment on a existing thread that right. hopefully the comment will get visibility and then mm-hmm. people might kind of participate in that part. Yeah. Yeah. There's also uh, that brings up the idea to me of the fact that if you do have something, whether it be on Reddit or on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever, if you have something that does go viral, it seems like 2018 or maybe 2017 as well, just kicks you in the butt for it. Like if you have anything even remotely problematic to any group on your social media and you have something that goes viral, people start digging into your history and they're just like, Ken Bone is the biggest example. And when he answered one debate question, uh, people like found him online, went through his Reddit history, found out that he was a weirdo or some, (laughs) I don't even remember what it was. It's like, if you aren't famous, if you weren't famous before the internet kind of social media became this big thing, and then you get kind of 20 minutes, 15 minutes of famous it's just going to ruin your life if you've done if you unless you've led the squeakiest clean life possible and so it's almost like i don't want to i if i'm going to get any kind of 
fame or visibility in public. I want it to be for a specific reason and I want to have earned it slowly coming up. I don't want to just have a 15 minute of fame thing. Like I actually don't want it because I, I was looking at the last um, Ontario um, premier leaders debate, whatever it was about a week ago, I saw this post on Twitter and it was just some guy who dressed weird and like had a weird mustache or something. And everyone was like, Oh, it's the Canadian Ken bone. And I was just, I felt sorry for this guy. Cause he's just asking a question <laughs> at a debate and somebody is probably going and trying to dig up something weird about him. Right. I don't know. It, it's a very weird time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He even had a weird name. I forget what it was, but yeah, it was, I think there's, there aren't too many people that I, not that I pay a ton of attention to this kind of thing, but too many people that I recall for getting that kind of infamy. Like, mm-hmm. I know there is the late, again, say, I don't even remember her name. You're not even thinking about it, but you can name, like, if I name 10 of them, you'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But if I didn't come up with those organically, then it doesn't matter. If someone mentions something, I recall who that person is, then fine. Right. But unless I can come up with it on my own, mm-hmm. I don't think it matters as much. Like, there's the lady who was leading up the, uh, was it the ACW, ALCW? ALCU? ALCU? ACLU? ACLU. <laughs> is, that, is that what you might, that might not be what you're talking about. That, I don't think that's who that's, but she, she led some, uh, some group that campaigned for, for uh, color people or, okay. I guess that's in the name, color persons, but, mm. um, and then she turns out that she actually didn't have any, is that Heritage. Rachel Dolezal? Is that yeah, who you're talking yeah. about? Okay. See, you remember her name. Yeah. So well, I, She but, came up in the news recently again for something. Yeah. But I, I do remember her as being, oh, the person who pretended she was black or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like even her story is there's multiple sides to it and is not entirely like defamatory, like her background, right? I, right? It's kind of a complicated thing. Outside of her, like I don't, I can't, honestly can't remember anyone else. I mean, like, outside of politicians who just get reputations, right. which is a part of being a politician, like, I can't think of anyone else that rose to a level of infamy and was hurt by it. I guess, I guess, unless, say, if you're applying for a job and someone does a Google search on you and then all this stuff comes up. Right. Well, that's what I mean, is that you, you don't hear about that aspect of these people's lives, but I'm sure that does happen. Like, there, the other example I can think of off the top of my head is the woman somewhere in the States who was denying same-sex couples the right to marry. Like she was a civil servant that was not granting marriage licenses to same-sex couples. And she just like, she, she had that 15 minutes of infamy, but now like what opportunity does she have? If anyone goes and or knows anything about her story, she was this, it was this hugely public thing. And what is her life now other than appearing on right-wing talk show spots or whatever it is like that? Right. It does seem like once that happens to you, she was probably someone who had slightly maybe bigoted views and, but she was a private person and a public servant and had been working. And now like she can't, she's not a normal person anymore. She can't be. Right. I I just need to do a phone call quick. Sure. Okay. (laughs) I guess. It's up to me to occupy Unwind Nation for a few minutes. For those of you who are not aware, I'm in Montreal right now for the Statistical Society of Canada conference, um, representing NSERC, and it's been pretty good so far. been here for a day. 
I have a presentation, well, actually two presentations coming up this afternoon. Just, uh, yeah, representing ANSERC in front of statisticians. It's pretty interesting. I I uh, wrote a post about my woes and trying to figure out how I'm actually going to give these presentations because display adapters, in even in 2018, like apparently VGA is still the standard. VGA is like a 30-year-old connector. And that's still what you need to use if you want to project something and you, like, that's the most common thing. There are projectors that have HDMI now, but most, like, laptops now usually don't have HDMI or VGA, so you're you're adapting some weird proprietary technology to, like, mini display, mini display port on my MacBook Air to VGA or to HDMI, whatever it is. And so I had to go and buy two display adapters. That was a fun experiment, a fun experience trying to, I just wanted to cover all my bases. I'm there's a possibility that I'll end up giving at least one of these presentations on my iPad, which I've never done before, but I've got PowerPoint up and running on it. Like I can, I have the technological capability to do it and I'll definitely report back if that ends up happening, but I'm not sure that it actually will. It's, uh, it's been a very interesting experience trying to use 20, um, trying to use PowerPoint to give a presentation in 2018. I always feel like it's very easy to just give a static slideshow presentation. Um, but because I'm giving three different workshops or sessions here uh, over the weekend that have overlapping but still slightly different things, I didn't want to make three different presentations. And anytime I wanted to make a change, I'd have to make it in three spots. And then copying slides across presentation, it just didn't appeal to me at all. So I just put all the slides in one presentation, put them in the most reasonable order I could think of overall. And then break the slides down into sections and kind of go through this, go through them section by section, which I, I'm interested to see how it's going to turn out. I'm sure it will be fine, but it's, uh, it's definitely different than most presentations that I go to where someone has set up 30 or 40 slides and you kind of just hit the right arrow key, next slide, next slide, next slide. I'm going to be jumping around the slideshow quite a bit. And I've got a summary slide that has links to all the tops of the different sections and, Modern PowerPoint is actually really powerful in that you can, it, this, this specific feature that I'm going to be using relatively extensively over the weekend is being able to drag a single slide onto a different slide and that will then become a link to the slide that you dragged on. And when you actually go into the, when you're, when you're presenting that slide, if you click on that link to the other slide, rather than just going to that slide will actually transition with a zoom into that that rectangle um, slide link it's it's quite an interesting way to do things and it's going to be featured heavily in my presentation i'm i'm pretty excited about the opportunity to try and use this and uh yeah so the i have to be back at mcgill campus in about two and a half hours so if mike could ever get off the phone maybe we could get back to this this show is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ETB. We've been a member of the Alberta Podcast Network for about seven months now, and in that time we've had so much fun being a part of the growing podcast industry in Alberta and uh, being able to collaborate with a lot of the different other uh, podcasters in Alberta. You may have heard some of the collaborators with us, uh, such as Northern Nerd, Press Start to Join, as well as the Assumptions Podcast. 
uh, just to name a few. So there's so many more podcasts in Alberta that are part of the Alberta Podcast Network. So be sure to check them out at uh, www.albertapodcastnetwork.com. And uh, while you're there, you can also take a survey to help us serve uh, you guys as well as the other listeners uh, that listen to shows on the network a little bit better. Um, it's at albertapodcastnetwork.com slash survey. And uh, just take a couple minutes and fill out some questions for us. Uh, let us know what shows you listen to and uh, just help us get to know you a bit better and, and what kind of things you might want to listen to going forward. So uh, be sure to check that survey out. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoy uh, our show as well as the other shows on the Alberta Podcast Network uh, in the months going forward. So again, that's albertapodcastnetwork.com slash survey. Just take a couple minutes and fill that survey out for us. And thanks to Alberta Podcast Network as well as ATB for supporting our show. We do still have some really interesting stuff to talk about, so I hope you don't leave. Um, Mike wanted to hear my thoughts about spoilers, so no spoilers for people uh, who have not yet listened to the end of this episode, but we're going to talk about spoilers. Actually, since we haven't done Future Chat in a while, maybe I'll also talk to you about Google News, because otherwise I feel like Mike's never going to let me talk about it. So since Apple News launched in the US, I have had my device settings set to US so that I get access to the Apple News app. And I liked it, but it didn't really quite do what I wanted. And so I decided, like, when I deleted Twitter, I didn't really have a good source of kind of breaking news or, or the big stories of the day. And then at Google I.O. last week, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, it was a long time. Anyways, uh, when Google I.O. happened, they updated, released, revamped Google News. And since Google I.O., I've had the Google News app installed. And I look at it, I would say, pretty much every day because not having Twitter on my phone, it means that I'm not seeing all this commentary, but I, with this, I still get the opportunity to just go and see the top stories of the day and i do still find that there are some stories that just aren't aren't what i want to read but there are lots of stories that even if i'm just reading a headline like i'm not i'm not putting massive amounts of stock in headlines but i'm i'm able to just go and see anything that i might have missed by not spending part of the day or some of the day or all of the day on twitter or at least having access to kind of every half hour opening up Twitter and seeing what's going on. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing lots of any kind of, this kind of shows you what you actually read and what you actually look at versus what you think you're interested in. So I'm seeing, I see a lot of things about superhero movies, obviously, because I really like them. Uh, I see a lot of things about technology and, and the iPhone and other smartphones, uh, lots of sports news. Cause I, I don't really watch sports anymore, but I do still like to know what's happening with like, you can go through the entire, I mean, in the case of baseball and hockey, which are both kind of wrapping up right now, you can watch the entire 82 game season. It doesn't really matter. What actually matters is like who wins and not, not in the way that like, I still don't remember who won the NHL, uh, like the Stanley cup last year, but I just, I like knowing at the time who's winning just to even just as a way to talk to people about it like I, I can say i don't really watch sports but i'm i'm actually still paying attention at least in the in the abstract as to who is doing well and who's not um yeah i i don't know i i do see politics there are some there are some kinds of things that 
come up in relation to politics on on Google News or on Twitter, or whatever it is, where I just I read the headline and I'm like, there's no way I'm reading that story because I can just tell that it's stupid and probably made up. And uh, yeah, between that and seeing the, <laughs> seeing the word editorial before a news story or before I like you call it news if it's an editorial, seeing that word show up, I just know that I do not want to read it. If it agrees with, if if I agree, if I'm going to end up agreeing with whatever the story, the editorial is about, then I don't need to read it because it, I already agree with it. And if it doesn't agree, it's usually some really puffy opinion piece that there's no way I could ever see myself really agreeing with it. Not that I see zero merit necessarily in it, but it just, I don't know. There are so many things that come out where I just... I, do, I, I get the feeling that these people see things in a completely different, like they see the world in a completely different way than I do. And it's, it's discouraging on one hand, but it's also kind of, it makes me think there's got to be a reason why they see the world in that way. So it puts me in a, in a very weird position kind of internally, mentally, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where we are. This is a very long phone call. It's actually kind of crazy. Oh, is Mike coming back? Oh, he might be coming back. Kind of sounds like it. Oh, there he is. He's back. Shh. Hello. <laughs> it, it looked like you were talking, but then I put my headphones in and I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I definitely was talking. I was talking okay. the whole time. I figured. Uh, no, like I was, I was going to say like, I, you reminded me of the bakery that wouldn't mm, make yes. the cake. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't, I don't know the name of the bakery. I don't know the baker's names, but if I were to consider a bakery and this was recommended to me and I looked them up and all these news articles popped up, then that that's, I guess that's where the damage is. Yeah. And I know like this relates to our right to be forgotten topics from future chat, but mm -hmm. like those are the kinds of things that could warrant like being looked at to be taken off Google searches. Right. If, if they're not valid or justified articles. Right. I mean, like I, I'd, I'd hope that Google wouldn't take off say the bakery one because like, well that happened and that's something you did and you have to live <laughs> with the consequences of doing that. Yeah. But <laughs> it's like calling up Yelp and being like, listen, I got a really, 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 really bad review and I may have done something wrong, but can you just yeah. get rid of that review? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So would you say that's it for, for Facebook and Twitter? I feel like I've said what I need to say I, about it. Yeah, um, I think so. Like I was actually interested to hear on the latest episode of HI, I think it was, or Cortex. I think it was HI where Gray said... He did the same thing. Like yeah. he took Twitter off his phone. Yeah. And for he different only reasons, it but <laughs> for different reasons. But I think he realized the same benefits. Yeah. yeah just yeah. like it was freeing, right? Mm -hmm. um, for him, it was that kind of karma aspect um, or just that mindset of always thinking, what can I post on Twitter? But he found it freeing to just have it off his phone. Like he didn't delete his account. He still uses Twitter pretty frequently. Relatively, -ish. yeah. Relatively. More so than he used to, I think. But, um, but no, I, I think it's it's a good thing to try if you're feeling worn down by the current state of the mm -hmm. world. And if you are on Twitter, then that definitely helps. Yeah. Um, I actually, I had added, 
I don't know. I, I think it's just because I got used to checking or being involved in like the podcast accounts on Twitter. I was like, right. well, I'll just add the Chrome shortcut to my home screen, <laughs> which pops up as like Twitter light. Right. Like it's a Chrome shortcut. Yeah. But it yeah. opens Twitter in Chrome. But it's mm-hmm. at that point, like the view is like a web app view. So you're effectively still having the app on yeah. your phone yeah. and it's still there for that conditioning of like checking Twitter when you're on <laughs> exactly, your phone. So I'm yeah. like, this defeats this the I, so exact I, same. Yeah. So I had to remove that one. I was yeah. like, okay, well, I mean, I tried, but yeah, I, I went back to the same thing where I was just killing time checking Twitter and it's like, what am I doing? Like, this is what I was trying to get away from. Yeah. <laughs> I have found it. I, maybe I'll, I'll tell this one anecdote and then we can move past it. But I, I've seen two people now in the last week post on Twitter oh no, my publicist turned on tweet alerts for me. So now I can't post anything. <laughs> Cause they're like, if, if you know that, like if you're famous enough to have a publicist and they get alerts for every time you tweet, they're going to be calling you instantly being like, why'd you say that? <laughs> Cause there's so like one Twitter message can be so damaging to some, someone's career or to something. And whether, whether it's you saying something bad or problematic or whether it's someone saying something bad or problematic about you, I'm not saying it's hundred percent damaging because there are people who say all kinds of crazy things on Twitter and still have potentially the most important job in the world. Um, but there are lots of other people who will say one thing on Twitter and lose their job and maybe lose their livelihood. Like it's, it's such a time, it's a time that hinges on things that seem so inconsequential, but it's mostly just that people can have really like out there thoughts and instantly tell everyone in the world about them. Whereas normally those people would be, they might have these thoughts, but they can't share them with every single human that has an internet connection within five seconds. Like it just, it's very different than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure even in contracts, like employment agreements, they're having to put in clauses on expectations of behavior or portrayal of yourself. Yeah. When online. Yeah. Uh, because like you said, we, we've seen people fired for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if those people had clauses like that or if they just, it happened and they didn't pursue it or went to court and the right. court decided that it was justified, whatever. But I think just a cover basis so that comp- like people can't say, well, you never said I couldn't right. do this or like, oh, it's free speech, whatever. It's like, right. But we also have expectations of how you're, yeah. you know, not defaming the company, mm-hmm. right? Most, I mean, most companies already have that into their contracts. It's just kind of, whether you make it explicit or not, that online activity still very much counts as activity. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. It'd be no different than like, yeah. Publishing in a newspaper, right? Yeah. Like same, same deed, same, same difference of whole, like saying things that would be either true or not true, but just defaming. Right. And like a company is within their right to terminate or discipline an employee for that. Yeah. So, um, so before we go too long, because we've already, well, I've, we've been recording for over an hour, but talking for just under there, um, we've made, made or have been looking to make a couple tech purchases. So yeah. I want to talk about, before we talk about the most recent thing, how's your bicycle mount going? Because you were looking for a bike mount for yeah. your something phone. Have where you I, received that yet? Yeah. So I wanted something where I wouldn't have to worry about my phone like I could mount it on my bike on my handlebars and not have to worry about it bouncing out. Like I wanted to make, to be confident that it was 
going to just stay attached to my handlebars until I removed it. So the uh, the one I ordered is from a brand called Tautronics. I just got it on Amazon. It was relatively inexpensive. I think it was around $20. But it clips in like kind of any, stand, like on the sides, like any car dash holder or uh, thing would. And then it also has these elastic clips that kind of slide over the top and bottom corners. So it's held in place around the sides and it's got the four corners. And I've been using it this past week when I'm biking and it, it's held solidly. Like I haven't had any, I haven't had a corner pop off or anything. Uh, so for, for my purposes, it's excellent. I'm sure at some point it's going to fall out. <laughs> like it just seems inevitable, <laughs> but so far so good. I haven't had any issues. Yeah. My, my rule is don't count on it not falling out. Like don't, don't be surprised when it does. Mm-hmm. It's like it, like you said, it's just probably just a matter of time. Yeah. So hopefully there's like some sort of case on it or just you've accepted the fact that if it falls and you might be in the market for a new screen right. or phone. Fortunately, like I have the case that I have, it does protect the back and side. So I've, I've cracked the screen on this phone before and I just like, it costs $129 or something and you just get a new screen. Like I've, I've accepted the risk that that could happen. But I, I like this phone. Actually, the last time it happened with the iPhone SE, they couldn't get this screen to pass its tests or whatever it was when, you, when they have to make sure it all works with the phone. And so they ended up just replacing the phone after they tried twice to replace the screen. So uh, like at worst case scenario, I spend 160 or $129, whatever it is, and I just get a new phone. New being in quotes. Cause it's just, it's usually refurbished model, but it's got a new battery. Um, so I'm, I'm okay with that too, because now with the, with the whole battery news from Apple, um, I'm okay getting a refurbished phone with a new battery every like 16 to 18 months <laughs> for like a hundred dollars. <laughs> it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, it might actually be a good thing, but yeah. So I, I like the, I like the bike mount enough to say, and it, okay. it's, it's mostly so that I can be biking. And if I'm if I usually I have it on in my backpack strap, there's a little pouch. That's where I would have my phone and I'd be catching with the gotcha because I'm playing Pokemon while I'm biking. This is mostly, it's not really, I'm not playing while I'm biking. It's mostly if I'm stopped at a light or something, or if I, if I see a gym that has space or is, has a raid or something going on that I can go and do it. And I have actually found that like, it's, that was the one thing that I missed from when I was busing is that I would go. I'd be on the bus and I would get into a gym or two on the ride to or from work and I would kind of get my 50 coins a day regularly. Whereas if I'm biking and I'm not looking at my phone the entire trip, then it's much less likely that I'm going to get that every single day. And so I know where all the gyms are on the route. So I just kind of, if I'm at a light, if I'm stopped there, I'll look at the gym and see if it needs, if it's yellow and if it needs people and then put someone in. Now, what is it? A police officer give you a ticket for that. I don't know. That. I think they would. I'm stopped. Like both feet are on the ground. But you're driving a vehicle. I, not I, not a motorized I, vehicle. I agree I don't with know, you. I don't know what the distracted driving laws. I don't state. know. I don't know. Hmm. It's again. I'm I'm flirting with the law. I feel like if both my feet are on the ground, no reasonable. Like if I'm if I'm biking down the street and like tapping away, maybe. But I don't know. I don't know. So if a vehicle is in park. At a stall plate. That'd be equivalent, <laughs> I've right? Thought, I've thought about that. I don't know what the <laughs> rules are. I don't feel like they're very well defined. Well, um, I think we do know what the rules are. I also I wonder. black and white. So 
this is something that I actually I've been meaning to talk about, and I don't know if this is the right venue, but I'll mm-hmm. I'll just mention it. That under those same kind of thoughts, if I if my phone is stuck on my dashboard and I'm tapping on it, that's illegal. Like there's no question, right? Sure. If I'm driving down the street, yes. But if I'm yeah, if I'm changing the radio station, how is that any different? Like, what? Why is it a phone that's illegal? Why isn't it distracted driving? <laughs> I think it's the opportunity to be distracted for longer periods of time. But you can be distracted for long periods. Like, you can be changing the time on your car if you want. No, and and I I feel I want to say that there have been cases where accidents are caused because of that. Oh yeah, definitely. And and that ha- no, I know that they've been yeah. caused. But I I was gonna say that the fact that they were changing the radio and not paying attention like influenced the outcome of the case right i, I like, would think so but i don't have i don't have any evidence or proof and i haven't really looked for it i yeah. it just that thought came into my mind cuz i know in even some jurisdictions there's rules about like eating and drinking i want it, maybe mm-hmm. even alberta like i i feel like i remember i think eating like if if a police officer sees you eating they might give you a warning and be like mm-hmm. you shouldn't be doing that if you're drinking a coffee like that's kind of different what but if again you're using like a fairly straw? gray area <laughs> you don't what even if it's a what if it's a milkshake it's that in your is... cup holder and you're just at a long straw <laughs> <laughs> or what if it's like soylent which is a food but it's a <laughs> liquid food what if you have a camelback full of soylent and you're just slurping <laughs> on the straw See, camelbacks, built-in camelbacks for vehicles would actually be a pretty good idea. I don't think they would. How would you clean that? That's fair. <laughs> Maybe not built-in, but like camelbacks that you just like loop around your driver's seat. Right. I mean, it's not very useful, but if you're doing like a the Le Mans 24-hour whatever it is, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure they have other ways of getting nutrition. Like I think yes. they have multiple drivers in the car. They're right. just like, you just swap like, out if you're hungry. Probably have ways to like excrete nutrition as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're excreting nutrition, but I think I get what you're saying. <laughs> um, <sighs> okay. So that, that's your first purchase. We'll put a link to the carrier holster sure. mount that you have just for people to know which one you have and they can evaluate if it's for them. When I saw it, it looked... It looked fine, but definitely risky if you don't have any secondary protection method. Because if I remember, your phone right now is commando, correct? Uh, no, it's got it's got a thin plastic case on it. Like, like a bumper? A minimalist sides and back. Right. It's so just that's a bumper. I think that's considered a bumper. What would be more... A bumper is... Like an, like an otter box where the front oh, actually has yeah. this clear... The, the, lip, the lip does go slightly higher than the phone. Well, you'd hope so. That any good bumper would have that. But I, I, I guess I was saying, if you didn't have at least a bumper, it'd be probably pretty risky. If you have the bumper plus the case, the thing that is probably no more risky than just carrying your phone. Yeah. Outside of just the additional shocks that it would get. Um, so I have a related tech purchase that I'm looking to do mm-hmm. because... Like you, I'm using my phone and my smartwatch while riding my bike. So we've talked about this offline, but I'm starting to use some apps on my Gear S2 watch that Mm -hmm. allow me to navigate without having to look at a phone. 
Okay. So instead of using the bike mount and putting Google Maps or whatever navigation app that I want on my handlebars, I just use my watch and have like a little map route on my watch that I can glance at. If I'm coming up to a turn, I want to see which way I have to go. Mm-hmm. So I found a pretty good pretty good app for the the gear s2 um it's called gear navigator and it's pretty much if you look up you know samsung gear watch navigation app it's pretty much the first hit so mm-hmm. um but i've i've had good success using it the standalone app anyway but i find that it drains the battery a lot more than if i weren't using it for obvious reasons sure now, because the Gear S2, and I think like most smartwatches, they don't have a way to plug in like a cable into the watch to charge. It has to be on like a, uh, a cradle. Mm-hmm. And I only have one cradle that came with the watch right now. Right. Then I have no way of charging my watch when I'm on the road, unless I'm going to bring my cradle with me. And if you're riding a bike it's kind of tricky putting your watch on a cradle, like in a bag. <laughs> yes. Unless you're going to have like either tape like tape. Yeah. yeah. Tape or an elastic or something to keep it on, which actually <laughs> isn't like a bad option. It's probably like what I'd go with if I really needed to. Yeah. I actually did do that the last time I went out. Which I never one? had to, uh, which option cradle you- with cradle tape? with tape, tape. That, Cause that's like, a very temporary solution. Oh, absolutely. You're throwing away rolls than- of tape every week. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. It's better than not having it. Yeah. So that's how I went before. But I was like, well, I I want to find a nut, like a second charger. So whether I'm like at the office or on a bike ride, wherever I can, I don't have to be taking my current cradle, which is next to my bed, mm-hmm. with me wherever I go because that's just not practical. So I was like, okay, well, and this is more from the aspect of like at the office, not on my on my bike. So or at least at my bedside table to have like a chi charger like a pad okay so then the cradle would be the portable solution right whether at the office or on the bike and just have the chi charger at home because when i'm at home then i just put it on the charger and, mm-hmm. and go so i looked up and i guess the gear s2 is kind of compatible with chi charging but kind apparently <laughs> so when you put it on a chi charger it activates the charger and then it starts charging and then it kind of like shuts off again. Okay. And then almost like trickle charges from that point <laughs> forward. So like I I bought a Qi charger and then I tested it and it lit up green and I was like, okay, cool. And then it turned off and I was like, well, I'll just leave it on here to see if it's still charging just in case right. maybe it's more like a visual thing mm-hmm. that it's showing not charging, but it actually is. And it charged like five five percentage points over like three hours so if it's a trickle charging it's really a trickle (laughs) yeah one and the reviews online or at least the comments online suggest that it's more a matter of like turning on and off all the time Hmm. so like it will turn on for like 10 seconds and shut off and turn on for 10 seconds and shut off and i don't know the interval of which is shutting off for but it's enough to slowly charge it so it's not entirely dead, but it's like, if you leave it overnight, it's going to charge like 15%. Yeah. Right. So it's like, well, that's not going to, that's not going to fly. That's not a product you want to buy. <laughs> no, not when you're looking to actually use it as a, as a charger. So my only other option, and because Samsung doesn't sell 
chargers separately, at least to Canada. Mm-hmm. Like Edmonton has actually, maybe I should ask Nick to check out the store, but Samsung has like a Samsung store in Edmonton. Okay. They don't have one in Calgary. And I think they have a number of stores in the States. So I'd imagine that they might sell their watch chargers there. Mm-hmm. Like I'd hope they would, but it seems like in Canada, there's no real option to get like an OEM uh, watch cradle. Okay. So then my only other option is to go on Amazon and get a questionable. Yeah. That's even <laughs> questionable knockoff, right? Yeah. Well, it's riskier, but the absolute level of risk I think is fairly low yeah, still. Yeah, no, I agree. Right? Yeah. So like I did buy a cradle off Amazon for like 25 bucks and the seller had some number of reviews, probably a mix of fake and real. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's a minimal risk and they had a, like a return policy where they do accept returns and will pay for the shipping mm-hmm. for defective products. So if I put it on and it like overheats the watch and doesn't charge, then I'll yeah. just return it. Yeah. But like, I'm not plugging anything into the watch. So like, ideally it's not going to set the watch on fire. Right. And the watch should have its own limiter for how much induction, I guess if it's induction, it could just overpower it anyways. But like... Y- Electronics still have to pass certain types of certification. I th- <laughs> think so. Yeah, it seems yeah, like, less risky than. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like I, I am a little bit more careful when I'm buying actual cables or adapters. Yeah, but with this, where it's like just the cradle, like it's, I feel it's at least worth a try. Like I'd rather have something that works good enough as like a second charger than to not have a second right. one at all. You'd think they would just sell the cradle, but. <laughs> That seems like a pretty easy solution for Samsung to just sell it. Samsung in general is fairly hostile to Canadian sales. Okay. Like they just, there just are very limited ways to get Samsung products that aren't already stocked in like a Best Buy. Hmm. Like it's not like, and I guess that's the benefit of something like the Apple or the Microsoft store. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you're looking for something Apple or Microsoft, then you have a place to go for it. Yeah. But Samsung just doesn't have those types of things at least in Canada. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with that. So hmm. I'll update on how my second charger works. It's supposed to be coming maybe next week. I think it's shipped. So hopefully by the end of the week, next week, it will, it will arrive. And just to be clear, is this because your watch doesn't get the battery life you want? Or is this just... This is only when I'm using the watch like as a standalone device to run an app. If it's only being used for like notifications and to check the weather occasionally or like interacting with it for like timers and alarms, like it does last an entire day. Okay. But not if you're doing a workout or something on the watch. Yeah. So that, that's the other part too. And I found that really interesting. Like I had a fairly active day a couple days ago or like last week or something mm-hmm. where it was like tracking workouts pretty much all day. Like just saying, oh, you know, walking from here to here doing this bike ride like just a lot of activity Mm -hmm. and it drained the battery quite a bit more like it wasn't even explicitly like logged workouts it was just the auto tracking right thing but that does cause it to work a lot more because it's running Mm -hmm. all its sensors while you're doing that thing right but for the most part on a day-to-day basis like it is fine like it lasts a full day and then i can just throw it on the cradle Right. And then it'll be ready for the next day. It's just those exceptions when I'm either using it for tracking my location uh, while riding or um, just having like an overly active day. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because the reason that I have a second watch charger is for travel. Like for when I'm not charging it at home, unless I'm doing like eight hours of workouts a day, my watch is good. <laughs> and even for that, the cradle is a lot better. It's magnetic. It seems, and yeah. Yeah. It, it's, if you threw it in a bag, it would probably stay on there. If you threw it in the bag, unless you're like, unless you're hiking up or like hike running up a mountain or something and jostling it around it's probably going to stay attached yeah i don't know why i had to be going up a mountain but it felt that felt more <laughs> vertical like it would get <laughs> shaking around or like on a roller coaster yeah with your backpack <laughs> yeah if you're pulling five g's it will disconnect so it's rated up to three though yeah. so you're, you're good for that um so the last thing I wanted to talk about, because I didn't expect this at all, yeah, especially coming from you, I know. was uh, you, you got a, a very trendy thing for your phone. Yeah. I wanted to, I, I want to not be an old and <laughs> miss out on something just because I feel like it's for young people. Um, I didn't feel that same way about like fidget spinners, for instance, which I think we talked about on the show maybe. Um, but I wanted, because... Of I, which I do use, I do use fidget devices, by the way. Okay. Not the spinner. The cube? So I, I feel like they're more sophisticated than the spinner. Mm -hmm. This is the fidget okay. cube or whatever it is. Uh, I have what's kind of basically a fidget cube where it has like little buttons and mm -hmm. clicky things on it. And then I have one that's like kind of like keychain-y that has a thing that you kind of like just kind of spin between your fingers. Right. Okay. It's satisfying. Hmm. Yeah. highly recommend um so i got a pop socket last week in the same amazon shipment as my um bike holder and i i told you that i got it i told you that i was gonna get it and i told you that i got it and you said don't tell me what you think save it for the show and so you have no idea what i think about this but I've, i don't i don't even know what it looks like i've had it so my uh, because i have two cases and these things now, are just describe for people what a pop socket is because i I kind of know what it is, but I think only because I passively right. so heard about it. I'll have a link to the one that I ended up getting, which is the plainest black plastic one you could buy. I think it was only like 10 bucks. They're, they're not very expensive, uh, but it's a flat kind of half an Oreo, maybe one Oreo wafer thick piece of plastic that you stick to the back of your phone via stickiness. And is it suction or is it sticky? Like it's gluey, sticky, gluey, sticky. Okay. And so it, yeah, when it's, when it's flat, it's about the size of a Oreo wafer and, but it has the ability to kind of pop open and it becomes almost like kind of a doorknob style thing. It's, it's very weird, but if you, as soon as you see one, you'll be like, okay, I, I kind of get what it is. So I would encourage you to go and look at a picture if you've never seen one, but if you're, if you know someone who's under 20, maybe under 25, they probably have one on their phone because they're very popular uh, i don't know probably there's I a know there's a, a greater than greater than 50 percent chance maybe i would think if they're under 20 they are very and if they're under 20 and they have a phone that has a more like is more than four and a half inches big like they they jumped on the bandwagon of this being ergonomic way faster than any adult would and i know mm -hmm. a couple of my friends who are kind of approaching 30 or 30 have them and just 30 or 30 approaching 30 or are 30 <laughs> and so i will say it's not perfect so i have two cases i have the one 
that has this on it, the clear one. And then I have my other one, which is the Apple leather case that, and they, I, so I can't use, or I don't want to use this case with the pop socket on the back in my phone holster because there's a big, well, big, like Oreo wafer thick thing on the back, which means that it's kind of being held less tightly or it's being now, held less. When you say less, Oreo wafer, you're talking the one side yeah, of the not Oreo? the cookie, the wafer. It's like the size of a wafer or a, but the depth of it is probably the whole cookie, isn't it? No, the depth of it is approximately the wafer. It's like that's an entire cookie. No, you have to. Yes, have it to is. See it. I can see it. It's no. the same thickness as the phone itself. My ring is the exact same depth as this thing. Mm. I've, I swear that's, it's, it's not that's very two, thick. That's two wafers. It's no icing. No, no, no. I'm going to have to buy an Oreo because <laughs> this is this is how I imagine a wafer to be. Anyways, it's definitely not as thick as a full cookie, but it, when it expands, it becomes, it, it's a place where your fingers can fit in between the, the very edge of it and the phone. And I must say, if it's like on ATP, they talked for, they talked a long time ago with the, with the way phones are getting bigger, people are now, there's now a couple of different ways to hold a phone. You either have to grip it by both sides or you have to use have a pinky hanging down below underneath the phone holding it yes nick nick has gone into great detail about the woes of yeah that <laughs> if you have a pop socket on your phone no matter the size you don't have to do that anymore you don't have to stretch out your pinky or weigh it down or whatever it it frees you up to not need to i think we talked about this i forget in what context but you don't need to hold two sides two a proxy. Oh, maybe we we're talking about the Samsung in that when I have a phone now, what I was doing was I would have to grip it by the front and the back because I wanted to have a secure grip on it because it felt it was too cumbersome to hold on to the left and the right side because it was just it's it's wider than my hand is to be comfortable. Like if I'm if I'm using it, I can hold it, but I'm not if I'm not looking at the screen, it's not comfortable to hold it by both sides, the left and the right side. It's just too it's too wide. But if you have the pop socket on, you don't have to hold it by either of those sides anymore. You can hold it by this little knob on the back and you can hold it between any two fingers you want. So I can use my pinky and my fourth finger. I can use my middle finger and my ring finger index. And like I, you can hold it between any two fingers. You can just kind of, if it's between those fingers, you can just drop it down and hold it down by your side without needing to squeeze your grip. You just have to be clamping your fingers together lightly. It's, it's very refreshing to not have mm. to be gripping your phone. Not to mention, it works as a stand really, really well. It, it, I'm not saying it's perfect because I wish when it wasn't there that it would completely be gone because it, it's an Oreo wafer on the back of your phone. It's, it's thick. It's like, it's way bigger than a camera bump is. So it's disruptive when you don't want it to be there, but when you do want it to be there, I really, really like it. And I How see why people How does it work as a it. stand? Well, so when it's popped out at full, actually when it's pulled out, when it's popped out to either there's, I think most pop sockets, this is the like standard actual brand one. There's two, it pops out twice. So there's kind of two levels of, of outness it can have. And when it's fully extended, it's just kind of at a good viewing angle. When you lean it back on that as a kickstand type of thing, it's just at a good viewing angle. Like it's about 20 degrees tilted, maybe. What about when it's in landscape or is that what you're talking no, about? Sorry. Only when it's in landscape In portrait. Yeah. In portrait, it will just fall down and lay flat. Right. Okay. Um, Which you're probably going to want it 
stood up when it's a landscape anyway. Uh, right. Like if you're watching a video or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I have, it doesn't work if you want to use a different stand or a different case, or if you want to put it in something that isn't pop socket compatible, it's, there's a bulky thing on the back. Um, but there are, I should point out, there are also things which I have not tried yet because I just got this, but you can get multi-packs of, it's almost like a round hook thing. Like it's got a, it's, it's round, but it's got a lip underneath and you can stick it places and then the socket will just, you can just drop it in and it will hold it up. I haven't tried those, but it seems like you could just stick those anywhere and you'd have a thing where you can just put your phone. Uh, I'm not sure why you'd need to do that, but like if I, you, I see, I see the function of it. On if you, if you wanted to put your phone in your car, you could just buy one of these slotty things, stick it anywhere on your dash, and then drop the phone onto that. Depending on how well it, it sticks to a car uh, right. dash, it sticks pretty well. I haven't had any issues. Do you have one? Of no, no, no. Those? I mean, the, I, uh, presumably the same company uses the same uses the same glue. I don't know how well it would come off. If you wanted to take it off and have it look like it had never been there, but it sticks, <laughs> it sticks really well. And you're not like phones are only a couple hundred grams. They're not like these massive heavy things and they're right, right up against, it's not like there's a, bu- there's a lot of torque on the socket. That stopping and going gives a non-zero amount of torque. Right. Like, no, I, cause I, I no used torque. to have, I used to use the magnetic, um, like it, you guys commented on it before mm-hmm. about the. Was it the Iridium magnets or yeah. not Iridium? Neodymium. Is it Iridium? That's the one. Yeah. Neodymium. Iridium would be radioactive, I think. No. But no? I don't think so. <laughs> it's an eum. I think anyway. most of them do. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds radioactive. <laughs> Sodium. Anyway. Radioactive. <laughs> Sodium is radioactive. Sodium decays. No. You can get Sodium that is radioactive, but it's not radioactive. Anyway. Um, if you have radioactive sodium, please see <laughs> your local alchemist because that's not good. Uh, I got an Potassium is radioactive. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. I feel like, is sodium a decomposition product Maybe. from a radioactive substance? Maybe. What's after sodium? Right after? Magnesium. Yeah. But that wouldn't, you'd, you'd either go two up or you'd go one, no, one up or two down. Anyway, sodium is not radioactive. I just need to... I don't think there are any... You're, you're the chemist here. You should know if sodium is a I'm, product of radioactive decay. I think it is. I think I remember seeing... There's lots of products of radioactive decay, but... Yeah, and that's why I think I remember no, sodium as... No, no. Potassium is radioactive. That's what you're thinking no, of. Bananas I know po- have potassium and bananas no, are radioactive p- because of it. Potassium is. Anyways. Okay. Point, point is, <laughs> is I used to use a magnetic sticky holder yeah. for my phone. And that one obviously exerts less force than an actual sticky thing. Yeah. So when I stopped you know, or started, maybe not started, but stopped like a bit quicker than normal. There were times where it like fell off Hmm. the magnetic case. That being said, the, the metal plate on my phone was on the inside of the case. Right. And the case itself was like a millimeter thick plastic. Mm -hmm. So there's that, you know, reduction in strength there. So it was probably, if it was directly stuck to it, it probably would be fine, but Mm -hmm. I, I was just wondering from a, a strength aspect if the stickiness would allow it to just stay up there. I think it would. My my premonition is it would. I'd be surprised if they, 
had something that was supposed to be sticky like that, mm. that was way less sticky. Cause this is really, right. this glue is going to be holding unless I, if I try to rip it off, I probably could, but I'm not concerned right. that if I'm not holding onto my phone, if I'm just holding onto the socket thing, that it's going to fly off. I'd almost consider it mainly for the aspect of being able to put it in the car like that with hmm. the side benefit of it functioning the, as a pop socket while holding it. The other interesting thing is I'm used to holding my phone by the base when I'm, t- or like by the sides when I'm talking into it. But I found recently that it's actually more comfortable, not even cause you can, you can like gra- grip it between your fingers, like a, I don't know, like a pancake and put it to your ear, but that's not really that comfortable either. But I found if I just grab it like a doorknob on the back and put it up to my ear, it's quite comfortable. It's just like I'm holding the old <laughs> receiver, like a receiver on a phone from the twenties. Yeah. I fa- that's pretty comfortable. I, I would not want to go back, especially if I had a bigger phone. Like I have a tiny phone. This is the worst use case. And I still find it really comfortable. I don't know. I'm, mm. I'm very satisfied. That's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm glad you're joining the millennial <laughs> children. They have, they have a point on some things. Discoveries. <laughs> I mean, they, they weren't wrong about Snapchat. And, uh, uh, they might've well, been wrong about Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're using it in Snapchat anymore. No. Is it Instagram now? I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know you what, don't know what, the, kids I don't know what are the kids using are wrong? using. I think it's Snapchat still. Evie won't tell me her handle, so I don't know what she's got. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You'll have to get used to that. So I will recommend a pop socket, at least trying, because they're $10. Like you, you can afford it and like they're cheap enough that I could, I could, if I took this off and it wouldn't stick back on anywhere else, I would just buy another one. And like, I have the plain black one, but I would consider getting different styles. Like I, wow, it's not very ambitious, adventurous of you. I got this because I, as a proof of concept to see, and I showed it to Julia and she tried it out for a while and she's like, well, why didn't you get me one? And I said, well, I wanted to, (laughs) if it was stupid that I wasn't going to keep it, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, cool. Definitely recommend at least trying. It might not be for you, but I'm, uh, I'm not going back yet. Cool. Yeah. That's, uh, good to know. Hmm. I look forward to the next episode where you're using one. I mean, I'm probably going to order one after the show. Yeah, that's so. what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you have to you have to send me that link beforehand so I can yeah I can get the tried and tested one. Yes. Again, y- if you want to just try it out, I I got plain black, but you don't have to. I I will get plain black too. It will match my case <laughs> and my phone. All right. Well, what else? Uh, do you have anything else that we want to talk about? I I do have a presentation in a little over two hours. You do? Are you prepared? I'm prepared, but I still have to like, get ready and get there. Mm. You're not going to go in your palm tree shirt? I'm not. <laughs> I'm mostly wearing shorts and a t-shirt right now because I had to turn off the AC in this room so that it wouldn't be super loud. <laughs> Are you staying at the, the beautiful Rideau Street Travel Lodge? Rideau Street, no. Is it Rideau Street? Which one was I on? No, because I'm in Montreal. I'm not in Ottawa. Oh, right. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, no, I would not stay there. I would not. I feel like I recommended that you not stay there. It's very good value. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a mistake on your part. Where in Montreal are you staying? Uh, I'm staying at... I'm right, like, I'm maybe a 10 or 15 minute walk from the water, but I'm at a... Marriott Courtyard. Ooh, fancy. It's government taxes at work. It's medium fancy. 
<laughs> I, I haven't talked about it yet, but I feel like there's actually a government rate that most hotels get. Mm-hmm. Like contract yeah. type stuff, yeah. Well, those people probably travel enough that they'd ho- you'd hope they get a break. Yeah. Well, it's mostly like if, we're tr- if you're traveling on government business, the, like people complain about the government spending too much money. It's like... Well, this is how you can balance it out. <laughs> it's like, we'll throw in a free breakfast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to, do you have time or do you have to get out of here? Because uh, you really wanted to talk about spoilers and I was fine with talking about them, but. Oh no, we can save spoilers for another one. Okay. Because I told people oh. when you were gone, I told them that we were going to talk about spoilers. So, oh. well, so you, w- w- that's like an anti-spoiler. No spoilers, but. We're going to talk about spoilers next time. (laughs) Is that just false promise? (laughs) Maybe. We'll we'll have to see. We'll wait a month. It's either false promises or the ultimate tease. (laughs) I wonder if you could pair that with unrealistic science and tech and TV movies. Maybe. I mean, we could have an all Marvel episode. It could. Again, having a kid, I have not seen Infinity War. I have not seen Deadpool. What do you mean having a kid? You're you're in Montreal on your own. Yeah, but I had no... For... Last night... Okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about it. Last night, <laughs> I saw that Coco was on Netflix now, so I watched it, and I cried, and that was the only thing I could handle. That's good. I did watch I a saw, movie. I saw Infinity War by myself. I'm did going you know to watch that? it by myself. I just need to find the right time. Watch it on this trip. I don't have time between... Do it tonight. I don't have time between right now and when I'm leaving tomorrow afternoon. Yes. Tomorrow afternoon? I thought you said you're there till Wednesday or something. The conference goes until Wednesday oh, or Thursday. I thought you were there till Wednesday. If I was there for like four more days, I probably would find time to watch it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Last night would have been my only chance and I was like, I'm just not leaving the room. What if you take Anthony? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Take him. Well, I could. I just think, I think he's already seen it. I have no problem going alone. Okay. I just, it hasn't been, because again, we'll get into the spoilers thing next time, but I know everything that happened in this film. So I'm not waiting. I'm not like eagerly wanting to see this and not be spoiled. I'm just, I want to see what I know happens and in all its glory. Like I I watched this uh, Cinema Wins channel. I watched the 15 or 20 minute episode about Coco. But when I watched Coco, I still, I didn't get any, like I saw what was good about it, but I didn't see the entire plot. Like I wasn't, I didn't feel like the movie was ruined because I had watched this. Right. I found it helped to watch that summary you pointed me to. Cause there were a lot of characters in infinity war that I would have <laughs> otherwise had no right. idea or even had like business <laughs> being there. I was like, Oh yeah, they were in that movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and just the, the whole idea behind the infinity stones, it kind of, pulled that together instead of wondering the whole movie is like what are these things even right so yep are, are we are we saying that we're going to talk about infinity war and spoilers next time we don't have to talk about infinity war but we can talk about the unrealistic science and tech and movies well i feel like we don't assign enough homework on this show so you're saying you want me to watch it by next episode which might be in september <laughs> so so we'll, we'll talk about spoilers as it relates to social media. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we can, as like a mini topic 
or depending how long it goes, mm-hmm. talk about Infinity War okay. and what we thought of it. So if we do take a summer hiatus like we have in the past, that means that this mm-hmm. conversation won't happen until September. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe that's not a good thing we'll, we'll figure it out yeah. either way we'll talk about spoilers we may or may not talk about infinity yeah. war <laughs> by then we might have a different this, movie to talk about this is the best cliffhanger that any podcast has ever had oh you know what i want to talk about is uh arrival you saw that one right i've watched that the your cinema wins movie the video about it you should watch arrival i will in try in the next three months i there's a 50-50 chance that I will watch Arrival. I think it's on I don't Netflix. like those odds. Uh, if maybe. it's not, then I, I probably th- won't watch it. <laughs> I don't know where I would find it. Have you watched Have you watched Ex Machina? No. Machina? But I did listen. Okay, watch, watch that one. That one's on Netflix. I listened to the Hello Internet about it. Yeah. Okay, watch that one. And we can talk about that. Because that actually has quite a bit of science and tech in it. Okay. The other one I didn't see is Solo so far i haven't seen that mm-hmm. that's but see i feel like those are not trying to be accurate no of whereas course. like a movie like x machina sure, x okay. machina so in the, yeah it's kind of trying to be semi-realistic ish mm-hmm. right okay so okay sounds good i have my homework and i may ignore it not ignore <laughs> it but not do it <laughs> <laughs>